Hey, Mike, happy to have you on. I am Joey Dots, owner of Delaware SMP, and this is the Dot Daddy podcast. I really appreciate you coming on. First, I want to say, Mike, you are one of the most underrated SMP artists in the country. And I've seen your work, amazing, beautiful work. And you've been doing it for a while, right? You've been in the game for a long time. Yeah, first and foremost, I want to you know thank you for having me on. But yeah, I've been doing it since 2016, brother. Good. That's a long time. I mean, that's more, uh, longer than most. I actually got my SMP in 2016. Uh, oh, okay. Yep. Not too far off from me. I think I, I got my SMP <clears throat> um, in 2015. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. And then, but I didn't start my training till a little bit later. I thought about it for like a year. But uh, so let's get into it. Where, uh, where are you located? So my, my clinic is located in Cranston, Rhode Island. Um, 845 Oakland Ave. Uh, I grew up in Cranston, Rhode Island, Knightsville area, uh, my whole life. Okay. Yeah. And you, and, uh, and so Rhode Island is one of the, the smallest state, right? You're a beach state, but you're not that close to the beach. No, I mean, we're pretty much close to everything, right? Like 30 minutes, you can get to the beach, you can get to the sticks, you can get to the mountains. You know what I'm saying? It's pretty, it's a small state. Delaware is pretty small. I think you guys come in second as far as being a, a smaller state as well. So you kind of understand a little bit more than other people that, you know, come from different states like Texas, California, stuff like that. They don't, they don't get it when. Yeah. And when you're from, and when you're from a small state, I yeah. don't, if something takes over a half hour to drive, I'm like, that's too far. <laughs> yeah. That's every Rhode Islander's mentality to tell you the truth, bro. So, <laughs> yeah. Um. So, when did you start your SMP journey? So how did it play out? So um, I really want, like, I, I've been a barber for over 22 years, okay? Um, and when I had gotten my procedure, um, I still had hair, right? So, like, I had longer hair, pretty boy style. I slicked it back, and I got a skin fade and stuff like that, right? And um, so I just, I had some SMP. In, into here and then into here. And um, at that time, you know, somebody had came into the barber shop that I was working at and was like, hey, I do this, I do scalp micropigmentation. Now at the time, if any of you barbers that are watching this right now, I was using black ice, it's a um, enhancement spray. It's not like fibers, it's more of like a spray paint. <laughs> so um, I was spraying that in my hair for um, probably like five to seven years. I, I don't recall like how long, but it was a long time. So like all the barbers, you, you know, they knew like that I was doing it because I do it. I didn't care. I was doing it in front of them. So when that guy had came in, they were like, oh, he, he definitely needs this. So right at, at, at 2015, um, 2015, there wasn't too much research out there, especially in the United States, right? Because um, this procedure was pretty much, you know, starting off, it was pretty big in the, the United Kingdom, the UK. So um, there wasn't much research. So I just went ahead and got it done. And, um, you know, I liked it at first, but, um, you know, two weeks later, it started discoloring and stuff like that. So I just started spraying the stuff back in my hair. No big deal, because I still had a lot of hair. So I was like, whatever. So it was discoloring on me. And, um, that's when I noticed when I started losing more hair, I was like, all right, I started using more spray. So long story short, right? I got this done probably about a month before my wedding. All right. And me and my wife, we had our honeymoon in, our, in Aruba. And so, you know, obviously um, I don't have that spray in my hair in Aruba because it's hot. It's September. I'm sweating. And I, I know my wife like a book, right? She looks over to me. She kind of gives me like one of those. Right. And I'm just like, what are you looking at? She's just like, cause I was kind of self-conscious cause I knew that it was discolored. I uh -huh. just didn't think that anybody else did. And <laughs> when she said, she was like, no, no, there's nothing wrong. And I was just like, Brianna, what's going on? Just, just tell me. She's like, I don't want to ruin our honeymoon. I was like, listen, baby. I was like, nothing's going to ruin our honeymoon. I was like, it is what it is. Just tell me. I already knew what she was thinking. Right. It's like, I had like, you know, psychic powers or something right <laughs> she goes well your head is like turning like light light blue oh. and I'm like 
what do you mean light blue? She's like, it's like not like a dark tinted blue. She's like, it's a light blue. So you're on the honeymoon. She notices that it's turning light blue. Yeah. And you're trying not to panic. I'm trying not to panic. And you're in Aruba. You're trying to just have not, fun and not think about it. Man, I got a drink in my hand. I'm relaxing. And, you know, I had already knew that it was kind of discoloring. I just didn't want to accept it. But when she, like when your wife tells you something like that, you know, it's just like, it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. So I, you know, I, I played it cool on the outside. On the inside, I was screaming. I was like, don't worry about it. I was like, we'll take care of it when we get back. Right. And so um, when I got back, I had um, contacted the guy that who had did it. And, you know, I was kind with him. And I was just like, listen, man, procedure's pretty much uh, turning blue on me. So he had, he had went at it again. He's like, oh, no, we can fix it. And whatever my, my life was in his hands so he did it again and um you know i let it settle and all that and then you know still it still kind of looked blue so i just kept using the spray right and then it got to a point where my i was losing more hair because my hair loss was active right so the spray wasn't working anymore because obviously the transition from the hair to the longer hair you could see like all right this is all darkest blue and even when I was spraying it, now it's just like a blackish, but then I have longer hair, so I just didn't match. So I had to shave it down. And once I shaved it down, I literally, I was blown away. I was like, what the hell is going on in my head? And so that's pretty much when I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get into this because I know for a fact that whatever he did to my head isn't supposed to, you know, that's not what scalp micropigmentation is. I was like, I know there there has to be, um, you know, this this definitely works, but I think that he just didn't know what he was doing. And, you know, he was a good guy. He was kind and all that. But at the end of the day, this is my head, right? So um, so can I, can I stop you real quick? Go ahead. Yeah. So did you, um, first of all, you do, we're not going to call this person out, but no, they're, they're early in the game. Were they an actual SMP artist? Did you later find out they're SMP artists or were they a tattoo artist? No, they were artists? an SMP artist. Um, they trained with, um, did like a, a, like, you know, one of those crash course trainings. And I, I found out that like, uh, you know, it, I was like one of his first treatments. So, okay. you know what I mean? Like I was like the guinea pig and um, he went on to go out of business, you know, probably like, couple months after that and then so is, that person's not doing it anymore no he's not no okay nope. so who yeah. who who eventually cleaned it all up and has you looking because it looks amazing right now i didn't want to get laser at first right mm -hmm. so um you know i i tried with a, a couple of other artists and they had told me they're like listen well, actually one other artist and he's a really good good artist and um he had told me he's like mike you should get laser and i'm like I'm not getting laser. <laughs> I was like, just blend that in and, and, and try to like, you know, make it look as natural as possible. And, you know, foolish me, I should have just listened to him because I ended up making matters worse. So um, let's just rewind that a little bit though. Before I actually got it fixed, I started researching um, and I trained with, um, what do you call it? Uh, this company that claims that they, they did, you know, they, they started um, scalp micropigmentation. And, you know, so I, I traveled to Santa Monica, California, one of the best artists in the world. Um, and I, I trained with him. And uh, I still had my hair pretty long, right? And he was able to, you know, for the time being, just get that bluish shoe out. You know, he modified whatever he did. You know, he's been, he was doing it for a while. So like, I trusted him and it worked for the time being, but like you said, he even told me, he's like, this isn't going to, you know, last, you know, you're going to have to eventually shave your head and get this lasered. And so with that in mind, I was like, all right, so just do what you got to do for now. And I'll keep riding the wave until I'm ready. Cause like, you know, my hair was my, my identity, right? I was a barber. So like my hair was my identity. That's who I was. So once it got to like the point of no return, I had to shave it. I shaved it down and I was just like, all right, I guess, I guess I got to get this laser. Now, this is the time that I, I have a clinic. I'm doing procedures. I have consultations coming in that are looking at my scalp and they're like, what the hell happened? But I'm actually, I'm actually like kind of like spraying it with the black ice a little bit just to kind of, I'm, I'm being honest with them. I'm like, I got botched. 
you know yeah. and i'm spraying it. it that's why it looks so dark but at least there was no blue hues i mean i had big big dots and everything on my head so um was this at the time uh was this at the time when they still only had like two needles like the point thirty and the one round no this guy the guy who actually um first so it actually got worse um in the second a treatment from a a different individual so you did one with the guy who kind of turned it blue and then you went to a new person yeah so that's what the 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 new person actually gave me blowouts like beyond belief but at the end of the day he was the one that who told me to get it lasered but that's you know i mean it's my own fault because i should have listened you know what i mean he had more more uh skin in the game than i had and he was just trying to help me out you know what i mean i was pretty much a red flag customer you know so So, do you think the blowouts are a result because you know one way to conceal a blowout is almost like matching the same size maybe a little smaller to kind of blend it in mm -hmm. so do you think that's what he was kind of trying to do no because the first artist was using a one round liner and that was pretty popular before yeah, 2016. Uh, yeah, 2017, 2016, yeah, everybody was using one round liners and stuff. And um, the second guy was using like, uh, like a you know, zero point, uh, like a 30, uh, a size 30, right? What's that like, yeah, and or something like that, yeah. So, um, you know, the dots were so much bigger than the uh, if I would have just got my head lasered, um, when I first got it done. I went through literally five sessions of laser and it was ah, painful as shit, dude. Looks and brutal. Looks brutal. Looks brutal. But anyways, you live and you learn, right? So um, I got it taken care of. Um, the person who I trained with, I did some advanced certification with him. After I got it done, he, he said, nope, it's still not done yet. He's like, you got to keep going through that laser. Like by the, I was ready to tap out the second, the second treatment of laser. He's like, dude, you got to keep going. He's like, I'm not going to touch that. So I listened to his instructions and he had gotten me right. And I was really, really happy with that. So um, how long after the lasers sessions do they recommend you can get SMP? So you got the laser treatments. Did you then go one month, two months, three months? So you're supposed to usually wait anywhere from like, um, you know, like a couple of months um, after the treatment. Um, Usually now that I know it's, it's 90 days, um, or more because the ink is still, um, when you get laser, it's breaking up, it's still breaking up inside your skin. Right. And, so, and you pee it out basically. Yeah, exactly. You definitely piss it out. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, in my experience, I waited, I'm not really sure, but it was, it was, I waited a good, a good, at least 12 weeks before we started on it because I was just in such a, a like, like the experience that I, I went through, it traumatized me getting lasered. You know what I mean? And I just, I wanted to, you know, get my life back on track because I've always had that, you know, image of myself of, you know, having nice hair and stuff. And I was like, I, I, I would have just shaved my head instead of getting S and P if I knew that was going to happen. You know what I mean? Because it just totally rocked my world when I got my head botched. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. You know what I mean, Joe? Yeah, I do. And even I think even now, if I tell people who because I've gotten a density fill too, when you get a density fill, most of the time you should ask the person, do you ever plan on shaving your head? Because if they do plan on shaving your head, and especially if they're in their 20s or or even 30s and you know they're going to continue losing hair. If you do a density fill, like on a female who has long hair, I'm going to use a 0.30 more than likely or a 0.25. I'm going to use a bigger needle. So I know that when I shave it, it's, it's not going to look as clean as if I were to use a smaller needle. So if I know like a a 20 year, let's say 25 year old, I do SMP density fill on, and then a cut five years from there, when they shave it, it's easier to blend it all together and now recreate a hairline. If I use the smaller needle, Mm -hmm. is that same for you and your experience? Yeah. Also too, like I tell people that are going to get density treatments if, if they're men and their, their hair loss is still active. I'm like, listen, you know, I, I think that we should start, like, I know that you want to match it to your hair. I was like, but that's not the way to go because I see that your hair loss is still kind of active, but I know you're not ready to pull the trigger, but you want to get S and P anyways, and you're going to do a density treatment. So I try to save them because I don't want them to go to somebody, give them short term results 
I'm looking for the longevity of your procedure, right? So like, I'll be like, listen, hey, if you're gonna get a density treatment, we're only gonna use this tone. It's gonna look better than it is before, but I'm actually saving you because when you buzz down your head, I want it to look natural, you know what I mean? I don't want you to look like a clown, like somebody spray painted your head or anything like that, because that's what it's gonna pretty much look like, you know what I mean? If, if you go wicked, wicked dark, now there's some guys that have hair transplants and stuff like that, and you know, you have to. Do you, you have to go dark because they're never going to shave their head? Like I even say, like, hey, listen, you're not shaving your head, and you're signing this paper right here if you want me to go that dark. I don't even like doing that, but like yeah. some guys don't want to go to other providers, so it's just like I give them my recommendations. I'm like, you shouldn't do it, like, and if you do, just do a light one. But there's I got guys that come in and they're like, yeah, go as dark as possible, mm-hmm. and. I'm willing to do it to a certain extent because of the fact that I know they're at a certain age and they have a hair transplant. Mm-hmm. So I feel a little bit more comfortable doing that, but it's and still, you know, going through the scar tissue. Sometimes you have to be more aggressive. You might have to use a yeah. bigger needle because it's just yeah. not absorbing the ink. A hundred percent. And I, I, that's funny that you say that. Cause I have this kid that um, I'm actually working on uh, right now. And he's, he's a great kid. Um, and he had a hair transplant. He's only like 28 years old, but, um, you know, we thought that it would be, you know, just three sessions, you know, done, maybe even two sessions done. Um, yeah, I usually do three sessions just because I like to be conservative and see how the skin retains the pigment. But, um, even after the third session, um, you know, he, he lost about like, I'd say 25, 30% of the pigment that we put on. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I just said, you know, we're going to need another session. So, you know, he's going to need four sessions instead, but like some people need anywhere from three to five. Some people may, I agree. You know what I mean? Like you really never know because it's like opening up a can of worms, Joe. Like, yeah. If if you work on somebody and some people, it's just the the makeup of their body as well too. You don't know how they're going to hold that ink in their body, you know? Or if they're lying and they went and sat in a sauna. Yeah. I got a lot of people (laughs) like that, but I, 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 you know what, man, I, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt because I do work. I, I'm, I'm very, very blessed. I have great, great clients that I work with, and I don't believe that they're, they're lying to me, although I, I've caught people in lies. Um, yeah, what are you lies. really going to do? You're going to need to do the work anyway, right? I mean, I'm just trying to make you you happy at the end of the day, so that's my job, you know what I mean? Um, that, that's pretty much my job, Joe, just to try to make you happy as, as much as possible, you know? And I mean, you, you've been doing, I mean, with cutting the hair for, so let's go back to your transition from barbering. So you're doing it out of your shop. You got a shop, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you opened up the shop. Were you doing your haircuts? Were you just consistently doing haircuts? And then, hey, hey, do you want to come over and let me do your SMP? I'll do it for cheap or I'll do it for free just to build yeah. up your portfolio. So that's, that's um, And then how did you eventually phase out? the haircuts like dude i'm not doing haircuts anymore i'm just doing smp so i always held the industry of scalp micropigmentation to a high standard even though i needed to build a portfolio i went through so much pain suffering and traveling across the country that there's a reason why i never like charged people cheap prices not that i was the most expensive or the you know the cheapest i always charged what they should be getting because at the end of the day i practiced my ass off before i started working on people's heads so um you know i always came swinging the only i think the only person um i gave a free procedure to was um my best man and um you know that's just because he, he's my dude you know what i'm saying and, and he, yeah. he he believed in me from the beginning with with he knew like how OCD I was so he was just like nah I got you and it ended up coming out great so but like my second I remember my second person that I did I charged him 3500 for a full full head like <laughs> listen, man, like good for you I, I say it dude but like you know like some people like I can see why people would charge a little bit less now because it's so saturated right now there's people doing S&P everywhere but at the same time like the price is the price Quality is, you know what I mean? If, if you want a quality S&P procedure, man, you got to pay for it. I mean, I had to, and I paid a cheap price for my first treatment when I, when I got it done. And I know the results. It took, it's, I spent so much money 
with traveling, with hotels, with getting it removed. You know what I mean? I spent so much money to have that, like that lesson learned that, you know, some people you, you give them a a decent price and they're still not happy with it. And I'm just like, well, you know, um, there's not really much I can do for you. And then usually, and they'll they'll try to haggle with you or, yeah. And, and I, listen, if if you're uh, an honest guy and say, Hey, listen, that's really not in my budget. I'll try to help you out a little bit as much as I can, but we all have overhead. We all have bills. So, um, you know, I try to just, you know, keep the, keep the, the prices, the way scout micropigmentation should be. That's how it's always been. And so, you should, uh, I'm yeah. glad you do. I do too. And I, I even tell them, look, I had to put my SMP on a credit card, you know, cause I wanted it that bad. It is what it is. It, it, it didn't happen overnight. So when I was transitioning, I had my car- carpenter made like a back room to my barber shop, and I'd cut hair from like 6.30 in the morning to like, who knows, five, six o'clock at night. And then, you know, I'd go home, get some dinner, and I'd go back in and grind and, and, and do some procedures. And I, people, they didn't care coming in at night, you know what I mean? Or nice. like I did on the weekend, you know what I mean? On a Sunday. I, I And Sunday was like, you know, that's my family day, right? I'm, I'm. So like I'm grinding, I'm just trying to like, any way I can just try to like build up my portfolio because people are now interested in this cool thing. They see that, you know, it's it's a way out of hair loss. So I'm getting a lot of inquiries. I'm in a barber shop. And the funny thing about it is, Joe, too, a lot of the people um, in the barber shop didn't, they weren't my customers. So you were bringing in new customers with the marketing. Yeah, so I was bringing in new customers with the marketing. A lot of people were still kind of skeptical in the barbershop. But then once I started doing a lot of people, um, they ended up becoming customers. You know what I mean? So a lot of my clients started out, um, starting out were not from the barbershop. And I was really, really surprised about that. But, hey, listen, it is what it is. You know what I mean? They wanted some time to see. It was a new procedure. You know what I mean? I, And they knew that I had gotten botched, too. So, like. You know, they weren't taking any chances. But, um, yeah, I, I would say that uh, a lot of my clients were just from, you know, word of mouth or marketing and stuff like that. So it all worked out in the end, you know. Did you do all your own marketing in the beginning by yeah. yourself? I was passing out flyers. I was going, uh, I was hitting up radio stations. I was nice. you know, putting putting signs up. I was going everywhere, dude. I mean, um, you know, I had a friend that helped me out with the website and started, uh, you know, pushing some, some marketing for me and, you know, that helped out. But, um, really, man, in the beginning, like I did whatever, you know, I had to do to get to that, that place. Cause in 2016, people were like, you're gonna, you're gonna you give up your barbershop to tattoo heads. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, what are you crazy? And I'm just like, no, I mean a little bit, but no, <laughs> they didn't you know? see your vision. So, they didn't see your vision. Yeah. They didn't see the vision and they, they seen the house, like I seen the house before it was built. You know what I'm saying? I love Um, it. They didn't. So, uh, yeah. Did you now, uh, so you're cutting hair. So the place that you had, that was your barber shop. Did you, have you moved from there or did you convert it all into just SMP now? Or how's it, how is it? No. So I honestly, um, I still had it open during, um, I shut it down during COVID because I was just so busy. Like I kept having more customers and, and I had people working for me at the barbershop and um, it was a salon barbershop. I had some, some women working there, but when COVID hit, um, I had a pretty big place and I wasn't cutting hair anymore and I lost most of my employees. So I only had two other barbers there. So it didn't make sense to to have it open anymore as I already stepped away from barbering completely. You know what I mean? Um, and I was just doing SMP for, you know, pretty much completely from 2018, 19, like that's it. So I was cutting here a little bit just for my loyal clients. Cause you know, here and there, I would, they didn't want to go anywhere else. But at, at that point I knew when COVID hit, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I was like, you couldn't find a barber to hire at that time anyways, because people were doing it out of their house and that the rent for, for, to keep up a huge salon like that was just outrageous. So it just didn't make any sense for me to keep it open as my, you know, I had a, I just was done with barbering. I loved it and I'll always love, there'll always be a special place, you know, for barbering in my heart, but 
it wasn't for me anymore. I just, this was the, this was the new, this was my new identity. You know what I mean? That's good. And you can make more money servicing less people, which is yeah. a big deal. Yeah. It, it is a big deal. But at the same time, um, I think that I've been barbering for so long and I just, I just needed a change. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't feeling barbering. I, I still love it. You know what I mean? But like, I wasn't feeling that anymore. I just wanted to get out of it. So that was my way out. And once I found out about S and P, I was just so obsessed with it. Right. And I just took off. I mean, being obsessed with S and P just kind of took me to a whole nother level, you know? Yeah. And I mean, you're killing it. And so did you have to um, put a sign up or what, how did you ultimately get, I don't want to say get rid of your customers, but let them know that, Hey, I'm not cutting the hair. I'm just doing SMP. Did you send out a mass text or how, how did well, you do it? It was, it was pretty much like, I always like my customers were always my friends. Right. So like they knew, they already knew like that it was coming to an end because I'd be like, Hey, I'm only taking this many customers. Now I'm only working Saturdays. Now I'm only working nine to 12 on Saturdays. Now I'm only working nine to 10 on Saturdays. So like we were very vocal. I didn't really have to put up a sign because I wasn't taking walk-ins. It would, these are just clients from years and years. I mean, from, from back when I was, you know, a teenager. So they knew. So you that. slowly phased it out slowly phased uh, and, it. and you gave them all a heads up. Cause they would come in and you'd be like, Hey, yeah, man. And I, you know, they, I wasn't cutting here. Like I said, I wasn't even cutting hair like that anymore. So like, I was pretty much doing procedures. The barbershop was just kind of running itself. The barbershop salon was running itself. But then once COVID hit, it was just like, you know, let's see what's going to happen. But, you know, I remember coming right back to, to work after COVID. And I was just like, I lost like two or three hairdressers, barbers. There was two barbers I had that were girls and hairdressers. And there was a hairdresser that I had that was working in the back. And, you know, it was it was tough for everybody at that time. So, you know, I lost three people. So I got a big salon and I only have two barbers working. It just didn't make sense. You know, even, you know, it kind of broke my heart that I had to shut the shop down. But at the same time, I knew it was the, the right step. You know, that was the right step in a new direction for me to go. Like, because it's kind of like I had my foot in this door and my foot in that door. I couldn't literally give it all into scalp micropigmentation because I was worrying about what's going on over there. As much as I liked the dudes that I was working with, they were buddies of mine. I mean, I had to shut it down. You know what I mean? I just, th there was no other choice. It's like, I'm not going to keep a, a sinking ship. I'm not going to keep throwing money at a sinking ship. You know what I mean? Oh, so, I completely I mean, understand. That's um, Let me ask you this, Mike. So what do you think is the Obviously, it's a big challenge getting customers, right? For for any for everybody, that's what we what we want in practice. And, but when you're actually doing the procedure, what do you think the hardest part is to learn for for new SMP artists or or even an experienced SMP artist? Penetration depth, like just the consistency of it and how long it'll last. Depth, yeah, because if you're not if you're not um, going to a certain depth in the scalp, right? Um, it's going to fade out or if you're going too deep, it's going to look like, you know, it's going to look like, yep. And so it's going to go and it's going to discolor. So that's, that's one of the biggest things that I tell people is the penetration depth because, um, that's, what's going to make or break you. You know what I mean? I've seen it so many times. Um, especially I had some trouble in the beginning too, um, with the penetration depth that I had to do a couple more sessions than. No, I, I think I, everybody I was, does. Yeah, I was. I, yeah, obviously, when you first start out, you're doing before five sessions instead of three or two. But um, I'm always a three session guy, just because people have changes of heart. You know what I mean? They'll be like, "Oh, I wanted this dark," and you can achieve that if you do two sessions and then you kind of just you know, tell them to come in and check up. But like, I like to kind of just baby step people into it because you never know. You know what's you can't read somebody's mind you know what i'm saying so you can always go darker you can never bring it back right so sometimes yep. all right i've always preached that in all my trainings less is more because there's some people that they're like oh mike you were right um you were right about the darkness i i like this tone this looks more natural on me but then i still have those clients that want to go a lot more darker 
and they want that instant gratification, but I'll get them there, but I'm still going to do it my way because I've seen I agree. I take the say uh, it's safer. It's, it's safer, safer to do it that way. Cause you can jack somebody up. If mm-hmm. you immediately go too dark or use too big of a needle, just, I tell yeah. them, just trust the process. I think that's smart. How, how you're doing it. Yeah. And I see a lot of other, other artists that are doing it. I'm not knocking them, but I just see them, you know, doing it like the first session will look like it's, it's already like two, three sessions in. Yeah. Like, you know, that could, person could have a change of heart and yeah, Diana, it's like, but it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody has a different, um, I had a guy recently who contacted me who basically wanted instant results and I could give you a really good result the first session, but I'm still going to play it safe. Because yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about this is my work going around. I know what's going to happen. My concern is if I overpopulate and add too much density the first session, long term, it's not going to look right. And then there's the possibility of the cells merging together and then you end up with the black blob, you know. So I, I also play it safe. And I, I just explain that to everybody up front during the consultation. 100%. I mean, that's all. What's, uh, what's one of the biggest objectives you get, like someone comes in for the consultation, why they don't want to get it or why they're hesitant? There's like a couple. Is my head going to turn blue? <laughs> that's one, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm just like, dude, you know, it can turn blue um, if you go to, if somebody's going way too deep into your scalp, you know? They go too deep, it's going to turn blue. If they're using the wrong tones um, for your scalp, it's going to turn blue. Um, yeah, that's one of them. Another one would be um, price indications right now. I mean, there's people that are just like, it's not even, it's just, it is what it is. Like I said, I'm not hating on nobody, but like giving a procedure away for like $1,500, like a full scalp is just asinine to me like i just don't get it like if you're a good artist if you're a good artist but at the same time people don't know they're not researching enough so they don't know they're just like well this guy is charging me 1500 and you're charging me three grand thirty five hundred dollars i'm like bro you got a norwood seven you know what i mean <laughs> whoever's charging you fifteen hundred dollars go ahead go and yeah. it happened to me more than a few times it's like they'll go and get it done and then six months down the road or three months down the road or even like a year and a half to two years they'll be back and they'll be like and i'll ask them i was like why did you choose them obviously they're like oh they they quoted me let's say it's not 1500 they quoted me 300 to 500 dollars less and like but whose work did you like better they're like i like yours but it was the money situation so i was like so (laughs) if if that was the case right you should have brought that to my attention and we could have worked something out, right? Because now you're you're back in my chair and I'm looking at your head and there's nothing I can do for you. I got literally like seven people out for laser as we speak right now. Yeah. Um, it blows my mind. <laughs> it's like you to save a couple to me in my thought process, it's like I'd rather spend the extra money. This is my fucking head. You know what I mean? I, I'd rather spend the extra money. You only can do you only can get this right one time. I mean, yeah. take me, hey, I got my head zapped like I was in the fucking electrocution, electrocution. <laughs> like it was so like, oh. I mean, Hey, if you want to go that route and you know, like I said, I'm not hating on any other artists, man. I think there's great artists out there, mm-hmm. but you know, I mean, for somebody to, to drop the price that low, I get it. You're trying to build up a portfolio, but you, you, you don't even know what you're doing at that point. You just get out of training and you know, you, you haven't did practice. Like some people that call me up, that's why like, I don't, do big trainings and stuff because my name is on the line. So like I've had people and I, I specifically say, Hey, listen, if you're going to do this, I'm going to mentor you. I need to see work at least once a week. Mm-hmm. And I explain to you how many people don't send me work. And I'm, I'm just like, and then they just start doing it and they'll send me a picture. They're like, Oh, what do I do? I just messed up this head. I'm like, listen, your mentorship's over now. I was like, because now you're making me look bad. All right. Yeah. I just, I mean, so for me, training, yeah, you can make tons of money in training, but at the same time, you can also shoot yourself in the foot because people are going to be like, oh, who'd you train with, right? Yeah. And, you know, I know some big artists that that's happened to. They're like, who'd you train with? And I'm like, I'm not going to get trained by him because look at your shit. Yeah. So, I mean, not to knock anybody. It's just, I'm just speaking facts here, Joe. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing what works best for you, and you know, you understand what actually goes into it. I think a lot of people go into SMP thinking it's going to be easy. Oh, I'm just making dots. I'm just making dots. Hair follicle replicate. They don't really. It's a. It's an art. It's a different type of art. We're not drawing dragons and tigers, <laughs> but it is an art, and there is a technique, and, and it's a whole process. Yeah. And people try to rush the process, and they think, oh, let me go get trained real quick or watch an online course or something like this. And then they don't practice. They're like, ah, I'll be ready. You know, and then they just try yeah. it. And then they fuck somebody's head up. And then once they finally get that call that they fuck someone's head up, that's when they learn. Unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, uh, the anxiety is real, bro. You know what I'm yeah. saying? There's, there's, I'm not going to sit here on a, on a uh, live podcast and, 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 and tell you that like, I've definitely made mistakes, but not to the point where I couldn't rectify it in, my, in the beginning of my career. Right. I think we all do. Yeah, and that, that's how we learn, right? We mold and grow into better artists. But, um, you know, when you first start out and you make such a huge mistake where it's like a blowout, like a huge blowout, like, thank God that has never happened to me where I just blew somebody's shit right out. Like, I've mm -hmm. never, not, I've always been on the light side of, you know, I've always been kind of light-handed and then just kind of started, like, getting my groove. So you, you're in your groove. You always start off a little bit, you're talking about how you've never caused a bunch of blowouts to where you could not fix it because you've always gone lighter and been more cautious. A hundred percent. Like you always, I always started off lighter because I know it could go darker. So like there's, there was a bunch of times, like I remember in the beginning, like 2016, 2017, the beginning of 2017, I was just like, what the hell's going on? Why, why is it not sticking? And it was just, it was my pressure. It was just, my pressure wasn't down hundred percent like it is now you know what i mean and not only that too like they were speaking about earlier like just people's makeup or how they take care of it like their body like sometimes you know how the body just wanted to reject that ink so you just got to make sure that you're placing it into the um that that second layer that's right on the dermis right you want to get air um that's the sweet spot right that's what we yeah. call it in smp but um yeah i mean once you get that muscle memory down and stuff like that, it's like second nature. It's just like with barbering. Like when I first was, I wasn't comfortable with my tools cutting hair. I can remember it like clear as day when I was just like, ah, oh, I used to sweat bullets cutting hair too when I first started, right? But like once I started getting, you know, people were like, oh, this this guy can't cut hair. And I just kind of, you know, I just killed the noise and I just kept doing my thing. And as I kept practicing, it came like second nature, right? I was just cutting hair and I was pretty much... I was doing haircuts in like 15, 25 minutes. I'm talking about beard, beard, trim the top, skin fade, everything. 15, 25 minutes. Like I was just killing it. Like, but like, I remember when it first started off, it took me like 45 minutes, an hour and a half. So like, cause you went to do a great job. Yeah. At the same time, it, the same thing with, um, scalp micropigmentation. Not that I rush anybody, but my, my, um, procedure time is a lot quicker than when I first started, for sure, 100%. You know what I mean? Me too, me too. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just like with anything, right? Like when you get up on that bicycle, you're gonna you're gonna fall down and you're not gonna be as great as riding it. You gotta keep practicing and then it's like, now nah, I can ride with no hands, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly, but it takes years of practice years. to get where you're at. I still think that even in eight years, um, almost eight years, like this October, like there's still much more to be like, you can never stop learning. You know what I mean? Like there's things completely that, agree. Yeah. Like I, I still want to learn more things and I still have questions uh, about certain things. Um, they just started using modifiers. Like what? Within the last two years, I'd say. Yeah. So that like, there, there's people that are dropping like these classes for color theory and stuff. And before, like then we didn't have no knowledge of like color theory or anything like that. So like everybody was just using like, black carbons i still stick with like a lot of black carbons i might have to modify my pigments here and there but like i mean the old school artists that are still doing great work they don't i mean i know for a fact they're not using modifiers and they're still putting out good results so i don't know i'm still kind of skeptical about that but um yeah i mean i just take I what i do i i'm on the same page and, I, and i'll use it um i've been using it uh 100 more often but it's just I look at my head. I didn't use any modifiers on all the years that I've had it. And it's not blue. It's not. No. So they're like, oh, it's going to turn blue. It's going to turn blue. No. Or so I was like, dude, it's the same. It's the same damn pigment that's on my head. Yeah. You know, does mine look blue? I mean, 
reinvent the wheel, Joe. You know what I mean? Like, it, if it works and it's it's it looks good and nobody can detect that you have a tattoo on your head. Hey, that's I exactly did, what you want. I mean, there's always going to be people saying, "Oh, well, you didn't do it this way or you didn't do it." But if it looks good and people yeah. detect that you've had a tattoo done on your head, then you did it the right way. If people can tell that you had a tattoo done on your head, then guess what? You screwed up. It looks like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, obviously I, I know what you're talking about when in 2016, cause it, cause I really started researching like 2000, I probably 2014, 2015, but I didn't pull the trigger till 2016. Yeah, yeah. And I was going down to DC to get mine done to one of the only artists in the country that was doing it. And that was Dan Nuremberg. Shout out to Dan. And, um, every, but now there's so many SMP artists, so many New artists that I'll, you know, and they're learning, right? But there's also so many really, really talented artists all across the world and, and the U.S. Um, how do you see the future of SMP? Where do you think it's going? What, what do you think it's going to happen? What are your thoughts? I mean, I think it's it, it's it's going to keep growing because, like, we're still in our infancy stages. There's still people that don't know about scalp micropigmentation till this day. I mean... I'll go out to dinner with my wife and we'll be talking to another couple or like something at the bar that you'll see them. We'll, we'll be talking to them and you know, we'll get into it. They're like, what do you do for a living? I'll be like, Oh, I do uh, scalp micropigmentation. What the hell is that? Like, I'm just like, and you're I, an idiot. <laughs> I'm just like, it's a hair tattoo. And they're just like a hair tattoo. And I'm just like, yeah, a hair tattoo. And so it's kind of still an awkward conversation sometimes. Right. Cause it's it oh, saying it. I'm proud to be a scalp micropigmentation artist, but people aren't expecting that. You, you say, "Hey, I tattoo hair for a living." You know what I mean? Like they're like, they're like "Wait, what the fuck are you talking about? They, are you scamming people?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's it's, def, it's definitely it's gonna keep blowing up more and more. My only, um, I think my only concern is, like, listen. I invite everybody to, to, you know, get into the industry if they want to, right? It's mm -hmm. a great industry to be in, but don't disrespect it. You know what I'm saying? Don't, mm -hmm. don't try to like, there's, there's people that just disrespect the, the industry with the prices and stuff. And I see it more and more. It's just like, you mean low balling, low balling or trainings for like $500. I'm like $500. I'm like, they're probably going to get a $500 training or, or like yeah. or a $1, training or something like that. I'm just like, all right, I get it. You know what I mean? It is what it is. You got to do what you got to do as you're starting out. But like, I don't know. That's it, just, blow, I, it blows my mind that some people start training like a year after they start doing this. A hundred percent. Because you know why, Joe? I didn't start training until 2020. And I hardly do that many trainings. But I'll tell you why I didn't start training until 2020. Because I wanted to see my work come back healed. I wanted to see what it looked like before I trained the next person to go out there and do it. You know what I'm I saying? Felt the exact, I felt the exact same way. I'm like, like, I am not going to go teach somebody. I don't even know how my shit looks after a couple of years. Minimum three, <laughs> minimum three years Yeah. for you to be actually training somebody minimum. And that, that's yeah. it. I waited, I think like four or five years, like I said, 2016, like four or five years, right? Um, to start training because I felt confident enough where I was like, I was seeing people coming back from 2016, 2017, getting touch-ups. And I was like, all right, that, that, I mean, that can be tweaked a little bit. We can, it looks good still, but like there's some areas that I have to fix, you know what I mean? Or like touch up, you know what I mean? So like, it wasn't where I was like, oh, like if you, if you start training somebody, you're training them. But at the end of the day, what do you really, what knowledge do you have to give to them? You can't even tell them like, you haven't even had somebody come back for a touch-up yet. <laughs> yeah, I would if say if you do want to train, I, I completely agree. It's ludicrous, though. This is what I did. When I first got trained, I went home and I trained my wife like the next day. But it wasn't me training my wife. It was me thinking through everything that I learned and yeah. tried to teach her just so I could remember it. But I would have never charged anybody fucking money. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would have never thrown out classes. All I did was like, I showed Brittany... This is kind of how I do it to help me remember and practice. But she wasn't working on anybody. You know what I mean? It was just me kind of just uh, trying to work through it. Because you get so much information in a week, right? And yeah. 
fuck. And I'm recording and I'm watching the videos and I'm looking at my questions. It's hard. Yeah. Um, is there uh, anything else you will, uh, you want to call out about SMP or anything before we uh, wrap this up? I honestly, man, I have no hate for any artist in the industry. I have no, it, I just, I wish the best for everybody, man. I just want to make sure that we keep moving in the right direction so that this industry doesn't get frowned upon because there is people that I do have sit down in my consultation chair and they're just like, you know, thinking of every, they're like, I seen this, I seen that. And they're pulling up pictures and I'm just, and it, it just, it irritates me a little bit, but I'm just like, you know, it, that's just like tattoo artists, right? There's going to be like good tattoo artists and bad tattoo artists, right? It's, it's the same thing. Like you just have to choose wisely. Um, like I said, I, I think that it's a, a good thing that a lot of SMP artists are getting into this industry because it's actually creating more noise. It's just that, you know, we have to kind of come together and be on the same page. I feel, um, I agree. And you're already established. So I don't think there's any threat to Scoutmasters Rhode Island. No, I mean, you're well established. I always tell it there's enough there's enough to, to go around for everybody. All right. Um, there really is. Plenty of bald really people. It's plenty of bald people. Yeah. It's you just really you gotta be careful. Um, you know, know your worth. Don't like don't try to be in it just for the money. Because when you're in it just for the money, that I see so many people go under. You know what I mean? They're just trying to like get that that sailing and then that's it, you know what I mean? I agree. And focus on practicing getting better and then practice you know practice Practice. that's yeah if anything just practice and make sure you're on top of your game like there's great artists that are coming out right now man you know what i'm saying there's great artists but um yeah like i said we think i think we should all just kind of be on the same page there's no room for hate in this industry you know what i'm saying and that was one things that i've seen since i started this industry there's a lot of hate and if we could just like transform that into love and helping with wanting you know each other and we'll, we'll be fine you know what i mean i agree but- there is and and i hope i hope so too because i think just like you were saying the more noise that's created by people talking about it the more we all benefit because i do think there's plenty of customers to go around tons of customers i mean there's so many customers to go around but you know if, if you got other people bashing other people or saying oh we're the best and whether nobody's li- listen I don't believe that there's a best SMP artist. We're all trying to help individuals. That's what we're put in this industry for, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you do a great procedure and they're happy with it, you've done your job. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say I'm the best SMP artist in the world. I don't think yeah. anybody can do that. But at the end of the day, that's just my opinion. Um, I agree. I agree. I don't think there's a best. I mean, I know there's people who do really fucking amazing work and I can name like five, five to 10 people who I would fully trust with my head. Right. That, and I'm thinking, I look at their work. I'm like, they're fucking good. I trust them. You know what I mean? But I don't think there's one person because there's so many people doing it at such a high level. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's one best artist. Now they got the competitions and stuff. That's different. That's for shits and gigs and fun. Yeah. But there's definitely artists who stand out, right? Who are like, holy shit. Yeah. And I have no and I have no problem calling out the amazing artists, you know, that I see. And I just I'm like, damn, they do fucking good. That's yeah. fucking good. Yeah. No, I, I I totally agree with you. There's there's a lot of great artists out there, but at the same time, just remember why you got into this industry. It was to help people, right? Exactly. So not like it's not about oh being the best and Throw all that shit out the window, right? Just help people. And when you're helping people, that's the best version of you, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how I see it. You know what I mean? One more thing. So um, how do you, I just wanted to ask you this real quick. Yeah. Uh, how do you deal with, you don't speak Spanish, right? How do you deal oh. with people who speak Spanish who come in? So I have uh, people that can speak Spanish that I'll just t- toss them on a call or, um, a lot of people nowadays like to use, um, what do you call it? Google Translator. Yeah, so the Google Translator is great too. Um, but you know, I have I have obviously some Spanish friends and stuff like that, and they'll, they'll help me out and relay the message over. And you know, 
like I said, if they see the work, they like the work, they, you know, you got a good reputation and stuff like that. They're going to come to you no matter. It's just a language barrier that we got to get over. Um, so, I mean, Google Translate is, is awesome. But, you know, having people um, that can speak different languages is great. I, I actually want to learn how to speak Spanish because I do have a lot of um, Spanish people that come to my clinic. And sometimes they can't always get a translator. Most of the time they can. But I'd like to, I want to be 100% sure that they know what they want before I start working on them. And sometimes there could be, you know, miscommunication if you're not. Um, oh, I know. I, I've been, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So I've done full procedures using damn Google Translator. Oh, yeah. So I do the initial, you know, call a friend or somebody to translate, but then do the whole thing. Each session, we just use Google Translator because they kind of know what to expect. Yeah. But even um, for this, like, uh, even I've worked with people that are um, deaf and. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. And, and, and we've gotten the procedures done, you know, perfect. It's just like, it's almost like we don't even need to speak a language. It's just like, you know, I can show them some pictures and they'll be like this and they'll be like, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. Coordinate in that type of situation where it's like sometime language, obviously it's a plus, but like we're gifted with so many other senses where we, we just kind of vibe with each other and we know. Yeah. The energy. The energy. Wow. So I've never worked on anyone. I I've worked on like lawyers, doctors, surgeons, all yeah. that garbage men, but I've never worked on a, on a deaf person. That's cool. I haven't, yeah. I haven't. Very, very cool, dude. I mean, Honestly, to tell you the truth, it, it was a it was a great experience too, man. Like, he loved it. He actually came back for a touch up too. I mean, it's like it's like he, we don't even need to speak to each other. We just we already understand each other. He daps me up, you know what I mean? We got yeah. love. It's just you know, there's ways to get around it. Whether you're Spanish, whether you you speak any other different kind of language, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get the job done right. Like I said, thank God. Some people, you know they hate technology and stuff, but at the same time, it kind of helps us out. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it's been great, Mike. So what's, what's the name of your website and your Instagram and, and all so, that stuff. So it's uh, scoutmastersri.com. Um, uh, that's the website and you can catch us on Instagram, uh, scoutmasters underscore RI. And you can check out our Facebook page. Um, our number is four zero one. Eight six seven one zero nine seven, and again, we're located in Cranston, Rhode Island, on uh, Oakland Ave, eight forty five Oakland Ave. So, if anybody has any questions or anything like that, you can either contact me or you can contact Joey up in Delaware. Shout out Cranston, never <laughs> been there, <laughs> but cool. Productions, <laughs> thanks for having me on, brother. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Mike. Have a great day. Come on, <laughs>